to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. This is the show about real health solutions without the drugs and surgery. I'm sitting here with my beautiful bride, Ashley Berlin. Hi, good to be here. And this week we are going to be talking about your gut-brain connection. So we're going to be talking about health and uh, as it relates to specifically our gut and our brains. This is such a critical, um, just such a critical topic because I think most people understand that their digestive system is important. They understand the role it plays in digesting their food, but I don't think that they understand how um, just huge the connection is between your gut, your brain, and then in general, your overall health. Yeah. So um, we talk with patients all the time and they'll come in with certain symptoms. And so if you suffer or someone that you know suffers with acid reflux, depression, anxiety, sleep problems, um, and obviously digestive problems, but even something like allergies, those things all fall into this category of the gut-brain connection, and you could have an issue there if that's something that you suffer with. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think if people really understood what we're about to go through over the next hour, that we could literally start emptying out hospital beds. We could literally start, you know, getting people off of tons of medications just simply by getting to the root cause of the problem, getting their health back on track. So there's really two things we're going to ask you to do right now. And the first one is take what you learned today, the things we're going to be talking about. Tune in for the next hour. Please take some notes. If you're driving your car, then um, you know, take some mental notes. But, uh, <laughs> but take the information that we're going through and then apply it. Because information doesn't change lives, action does. And then the, the next thing is, just um, get the people that you know in your life, start talking to them about these things because what, one of the things we find out is that that sometimes we'll take this information and we'll start applying it and start seeing changes and it's not until 30 days, 60 days, 90 days out when you start seeing your health improve that people start asking you questions about what they're noticing in your life. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, and if you don't feel like you're at the stage where you know how to deliver this information, right, then what do you do? You point them to 55KRC at 730am on a Sunday morning and have them tune in to listen to it. And we'll we'll do this, the talking for you, but at least point them in the direction where they're going to get that information. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're listening, we're excited. Let's break this down. And first of all, let's talk about, you know, the role our gut plays. So you're, 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 Gut is literally referred to nowadays as your second brain. And the reason it's called that is because it actually has, per weight, it has the same amount of neurons, the same amount of nerve tissue that your brain has. So your brain roughly weighs 8 to 10 pounds and it's all nerve tissue. Your gut has 8 to 10 pounds of nerve tissue in your digestive system. That blew me away when I, when I learned that years ago. The other part of this that's so important is that we have this part of our nervous system in our gut called the enteric nervous system. And your enteric nervous system actually, as we'll break down later, is responsible for a lot of the neurotransmitters in our body. So your gut is literally referred to as your second brain. That's awesome. So um, 
we talked a little bit about symptoms before. So if you or someone you love are suffering with digestive problems, chronic colds, allergies, ear infections, while you might not associate all of those symptoms with gut health or even your immune system, you have to remember that every single thing in your body is connected. Nothing happens in isolation. And um, it's really interesting. We talk about this a lot. And I think that this is one of the principles that moving forward, um, when we when we talk, when, when, when the doctors of the future and what's happening now with the shift in medicine, that we're moving out of this age where people, people know that you're going to get drugs and surgery when you go to a traditional medical doctor because that's that's what they're educated in. And so as we're searching for other things, the thing that one of the big principles that we're learning that is our body is it's, it's not one toe and a leg over here and an eyeball over here and a stomach over here. It's literally everything is functioning together and nothing happens in isolation. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm going to tell a really personal story. Um, I had, I had, uh, I was fighting off like a, a, just a general cold and I get excited when that stuff happens because one of the things that, you know, we go over gut health and we learn about this stuff, all the research I've been doing, we, we, um, you know, I've, I've learned that the more colds and flus that I fight off and I allow my immune system to actually, uh, wage war against and fight and, 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 you know, have to go through that, that there's research, there's actual research that shows that it reduces your risk of uh, cancer, of heart disease, other serious illnesses later on in life. There's actually some new research that just came out recently that shows that when you fight off measles naturally, that it actually reduces your risk of cancer so much so that now they're actually thinking about giving people measles as a treatment for certain. There was actually a, a, a great um, you know, study done where they're actually in, in injecting the measles virus into people. And it was killing cancer within their body. So it just goes to show you that some of these things that we we, we think are bad that they're actually prepping us for later in life. So myself, I'm fighting off an eye infection and I was blown away and I'm very thankful for the people who've been helping me out through this, but I was blown away that I was fighting off a virus in my body. I knew I was fighting it off. I was fighting off a cold and, and um, it was a sinus thing and it got in my throat. And then I woke up one day and my eye was bothering me. So I just felt like it was absolutely connected. But then it was weird as I was going through all the rigmarole of you know, the talking to the doctors, they're like, yeah, we don't know. It was probably, you know, they started looking for something else. They're looking deeper. They want to do blood work and all this. And then when it was all said and done, everything came back normal. They were like, well, I guess it could have just been that virus. And I was blown away at how we don't look at our bodies, you know, the word holistic, meaning that we're whole in part, that we're not, we're not one part separate from another part, but that everything's working the whole, go, go back and that one line you used again. I just, I think that's so important. Oh, that every, yeah, nothing happens in our body in isolation. So if yeah, if you are ever at a doctor's office and they give you something and you say, well, will this affect X, Y, and Z other part of my body? The answer is yes. And if they say no, it's wrong. That's wrong. Like that is 100% not true. Like it, everything, nothing happens in isolation. Everything happens, you know, together. And I think the other thing that you just said, Ryan, that I love, and this has given me as a mom, I have three children. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. And they have definitely come in contact with childhood illnesses and fought them off um, naturally. And one of the things that always gives me great peace is that as a mom, I know that I'm not running to a pediatrician or to a doctor's office. And while there might be a time and place for you to do that, and I'm not you know, dispensing advice to you not to ever go to those. What I would say to you is that I, I personally receive so much peace from knowing that the, the data is there to show that when your child fights off something naturally, that 
in the long run, it's going to to do incredible things for their body and help them fight off the bigger illnesses that that are definitely a lot scarier than a cold or a flu or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So knowing that nothing's you know <clears throat> nothing exists inside of isolation, and that um, that we literally need to look at our bodies in a very holistic view. I think it's important to talk about how the brain affects the gut. And, and I'm going to give a chiropractic example of this in just a minute, but our brain's influence on our gut is our brain is telling our gut how to move stuff through. It's telling our gut how to secrete the things to break down the food that we're eating and passing through our gut. Our brain's influence is delivering nutrients from the gut once it's broken down to other parts of the body. And the brain's influence is also on keeping the proper balance of all the um all the probiotics and all the bacteria that have to be there in order to do the job. So that's what the brain does to the gut. What the gut does to the brain is it secretes neurotransmitters that affect the brain. You ever eaten a bad meal and then all of a sudden like you're feeling sluggish? That's because when we're eating horrible food, it's actually affecting the way we're producing certain chemicals that then in turn affect our brain. Our gut influences our brain stress and anxiety, our gut influences our brain when it comes to our mood and our behavior. And I, I find this really interesting that this is where a lot of this evidence comes from. There was a pilot study out of Harvard University. So they had affiliates with ben, Benson Henry Institute for the Mind-Body Medicine. Um, they found that they, they did this test, uh, a nine-week session, on eight patients with IBS or IBD. So they had an inflammatory bowel disease or irritable bowel syndrome. What they found was that when these patients meditated over these nine weeks, they went through meditation. And so they went through all these meditative practices, trying to calm down their thoughts, calm down their brain. It had a tremendous impact on their IBS and their inflammatory bowel disease. So it actually helped to regulate all of those processes just by calming down their brain. That's huge. That means they didn't have to take a pill. They didn't have to take a potion uh, or an elixir or anything like that. They simply had to remove the stress that was occurring in their brain and their brain's influence over the gut improved. Now talk, talk for a, wee, a minute on why that's important in a chiropractic paradigm. Oh my gosh. So that's exactly what I was just thinking about. Um, so what happens? I, I mean, I have a, I have a question for you. What happens if you have, you know, the, the things that we're talking about, maybe you have anxiety, maybe you have some behavior issues, maybe you have some allergies happening, maybe, you, you know, whatever that's happening and you go and you address the gut. Like, let's say you go to a nutritionist or you start eating better, um, but those things don't clear up. You're going exactly where I was hoping you were going with this because that's exactly it. There's so many people like they get outside, even outside of medicine and they go to a nutritionist, they go to a holistic doctor, right? And they're doing all the right things. They're changing their nutrition. They're cleaning. They're cleaning the gut. They're giving the right supplements, but they're not seeing improvement. Why? So often when we check them, we know that the brain's controlling the gut, and the gut is doing things to influence the brain. But what what lies between your brain and your gut? Your your spine. Yeah. Your entire central nervous system yep. and your peripheral nervous system. So the signals. How are they getting from your brain to your gut? Via the yeah via the nervous system via the spine. Yeah. How are the signals getting from your gut to your brain? Via the nervous system. Okay, so via right the spine. there, if you guys yep. understand that, every single one of you are chiropractic believers out there because you understand that the connection and why it's so important. So we're going to break that down in a few minutes when we come back. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55 KRC, the talk station. I feel glorious, glorious. Gotta 
Welcome back. This is Ashley Berlin with Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. This is the show where we are finding real health solutions without drugs and surgery. So today we're talking about the connection between the gut and the brain. And um, we've addressed a little bit about the issues of what it does in the first segment. And now we're going to talk about our three-step solution to fixing your gut-brain connection. So if you have an issue in your gut and in your brain, here are the things that we work on. Number one, we're going to work on fixing your brain, which is a rebalance of your brain chemistry. It's it's increasing sleep and decreasing stress and really getting the power that's inside of your body turned on. Number two, we're fixing your gut. We're repairing leaky gut. We're rebalancing gut bacteria. And we're really going to go in depth here in a few minutes. We're going to talk about exactly how to do these things. But right now, we're giving you an overview of what that looks like. And the third thing in our three-step solution is fixing that connection between the brain and the gut so that that connection, so that it can communicate well, so that it can heal. Um, And I want to turn it over right now over um, to Dr. Ryan. I want to hear a little bit about, um, give me a a patient, something that's happened, a real-life example of somebody who came in to your clinic and they had a a gut-brain issue. What were they, what, like, what did that look like and and what happened to them? Yeah, so that's, um, that's just a great, man, we see so many of these. I mean, we just literally see so many of them. And the worst part about it is so many people that are coming in with this problem don't even know that that's the problem that they're having, right? Like, they may have leaky gut syndrome. They may have a uh, digestive issue. They, they, they might know it. They might have irritable bowel syndrome. They might have acid reflux. If you're listening and you have acid reflux and nothing gets corrected down the road, it will probably become irritable bowel syndrome and then eventually an inflammatory bowel disease because what happens is that all that excess acid ends up disrupting all these other pathways, right? So they might have digestive issues when they come in. That may be the reason they came in. But sometimes they come in and they have allergies or sometimes they have anxiety or they have depression or they have kids, man, ADD and ADHD. The gut's such a huge thing, right? And as a chiropractor, I just want to be really clear that we're not gut doctors. What we are is we're nervous system doctors who help restore the function of the nervous system and therefore really set the body up for great healing. And then we can help coach people through some of the other changes like changing food and stuff like that. But our, our expertise really is on getting the nervous system healthy so that the body can heal more appropriately, right? So these people come in and man, I, you know, I, I can't use actual names, but I'm just going to use a, a couple different instances. And one of them is I'm thinking of a patient right now that when she first came in, she was suffering with depression, anxiety, um, having some other health issues. But her main reason for coming in was she was having neck pain. So we started going through her history and looking at, you know, there's digestive issues, there's, you know, depression, there's anxiety. And and I know for a fact, her gut is probably a mess. When we asked her about her nutrition, it was one of these that if you, if you're listening right now and I were to say, how is your nutrition? Like you're either going to say good or you're going to say terrible or some version of in between, right? And anything other than saying good means that we're, there's two basic groups. There's groups of food that heals and food that destroys our health. And so anything in between there is a, a, you know, a disruption to healing all the time. So when we started asking her about nutrition, she was one of these that just kind of shrugged her shoulders and like kind of laughed, like, like you don't want to know. And the reality was, yeah, we, we do want to know because that's part of how we're going to help you healing. Well, so we started, we, we find a problem. So we take x-rays and we find out that her neck has just uh, uh, t- 
tons of stress on her nervous system. She's got degeneration in her spine, your neck curvature. They call it the arc of life. That's how important it is that the shape of your neck should have a curve to it. And her arc of life, which should be 45 degrees, was less than half of that. It was like 20 degrees. So it's not an arc of life. It's like an arc of interference and arc of you know dysfunction. And ultimately, it's going to be an arc of disease. And, and, and I know it was a connection for her when I said, here's your brain. Here's your, here's your gut. Your gut is responsible for controlling all the neurotransmitters that influence mood, anxiety, stress. Where do those signals have to go through to get from your brain to your gut? And then she realized, oh my gosh, all my neck pain there's a problem in my neck that's causing this interference and my brain can't even communicate to my gut. And the warning sign of that was the last 10 years of neck pain. Right. Absolutely. We start adjusting her. We start correcting what's going on in her neck. Great news. She gets out of neck pain. She starts feeling really good in the first two or three visits. And that's unfortunately what happens in a lot of chiropractic situations. Person's going in for neck pain and no education beyond that. So what ends up happening is they quit after three, four visits when their neck pain starts feeling great. And what never heals? The bigger issue. The bigger issue. Know. The fundamental right. underlying issues that they didn't even know that they were in there for in the first place, but is really the the reason why their health is falling apart. And so with her, we, we kept adjusting her beyond the pain. We kept adjusting her, kept getting health function back in that nervous system. Her nervous system begins to heal. Her gut starts healing. What happens? She starts losing weight. She starts, now I know this isn't a sexy thing to talk about. She starts having more bowel movements. She starts <laughs> being able to go to the bathroom better. And, and like, listen, if you're only having one or one bowel movement a day or sometimes less than that, that's a, that's a problem. Like if you're eating, I think about my dog. If my dog eats three meals a day, he's going to the bathroom a couple times a day. If you're eating three meals a day and you're going once a day, like where, like what's happening? It's an issue. It's a function issue. I mean, like your body needs to be able to function and that's an issue where like something isn't functioning correctly. And so, yeah, like it's, it's an issue. I mean, we, we have to talk about that kind of stuff. I don't know if you guys like you look up, some of you may have heard this, but they say, and I don't want to misquote this, but it was John Wayne, I believe is who it was. They say when he passed away, he had like his gut was just filled with like, I think it was six or 70 pounds of waste matter. And so like, how can you possibly be healthy with that? Right. So here's what happens. We started adjusting her. Her gut starts functioning better. She starts having more bowel moves. Her digestion improves. She actually loses weight. As a result of her gut getting healthier, we start helping her out with some nutritional stuff and getting her on some basic probiotics, just basic, right? Guess what ends up getting better as well? Her depression, anxiety, and she, not us, but her medical doctor starts decreasing her dosage of her uh, prescription anxiety and depression medications. And the next thing you know, and this was my favorite part of this whole story, she came back to us and said, when she was on those medications, she didn't really feel depressed but she never really felt happy that she was in that kind of in between no man's land. And nobody wants to, I mean, I wouldn't want anybody in my family living in that no man's land. And I personally, I mean, I've, I'm somebody who's struggled with anxiety before and I never wanted to get onto that medication because I didn't want to be numb to anything that was happening in my life. I would have rather felt anxious about it than felt numb. And I think that there's a lot of people that choose to get on the medication who realize I don't want to feel numb anymore. And I actually want to experience like the highs and the lows. Yeah. So like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes life, like sometimes life sucks and it's, <laughs> and, and there's hard stuff. Like I have a friend right now who I just found out has a cancer diagnosis and that's not fun to deal with. But the reality is of that too, that on the flip side of this, sometimes life's and more often than not, it's amazing. 
And so if you're numbing yourself to the stuff that sucks, you're numbing yourself to the part of it that's amazing as well. And that we wouldn't want that for anyone. And if you're listening right now, my guess is you don't want that for yourself. And you don't want that for your friends and your family either. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna just tell you, if what you're hearing right now really moves you to want to do something about it, call my office and let's get you scheduled and check you out. You know, my, my office number is 513-755-3583. You can find us online at Align, A-L-I-G-N, Align Health Center. And so check out our website, give us a call. If you have a feeling there's some gut issues, if you have a feeling that there are some other warning signs we talked about and you want your brain gut connection checked, if you want to get an evaluation of your nervous system, we would love to help you out with that. I think there's three amazing parts to that story is number one, that she came in for neck pain and got rid of her neck pain. Thank God she had the neck pain in the first place. Yeah, because that leads to number two, her digestive issues that she's probably tried to address in multiple other ways improved. And we didn't even address her nutrition yet. We were just simply getting her nervous system healing and healthy. So number two, that changes. And number three, as a result of that healing, her depression or anxiety get better and she's able to get off of those medications. You know, that's the number one prescribed category of medication right now are antipsychotics and anti-anxiety medications. And those, those drugs come with big time warnings. Like one of the warnings is desire and willingness to harm yourself or others. Like that's on the box. That's scary. That's really scary. And the number one group that they're prescribed to is women 25 to 45. We're talking about our mothers. We're talking about our school teachers. We're talking about, right, like depression, anxiety, medications. So that all started with with getting adjusted under chiropractic care, which then led to nutrition, which then led to eventually getting around some probiotics and her whole life changed as a, repart- a part of that. So, you know, I think it's really interesting because a lot of times when we meet people or when we're speaking or, you know, even right now on the radio, when someone hears that the average patient in your office loses... Yeah, about 10 to 15 pounds on average. And that's that's not nutritional advice. That's actually just getting their nervous systems healthy. And and then maybe them being a little bit more, you know, health focused and health minded. But yeah, on average, about 10 to 15 pounds. And then on average, our average patient that comes in gets off of over half their medication without us ever doing anything to tell them they need to think about getting off it. Their doctors start taking them off of it, or they actually start the problem that they were taking the medication for goes away. And so they choose to stop taking it and they end up coming and telling us. So it's not like we're even coaching these people into getting off medication. They're either being told to not take as much by their doctor or they're choosing to not take it because of what they see clearing up. Absolutely. And I think it's so interesting because typically when you say that to somebody, somebody's losing 10 to 15 pounds in their office, in your office, and they're getting off half their medication. And they're saying, wait a second, I thought he was a chiropractor that was going to adjust my spine and I was going to get rid of my low back pain or my neck pain or whatever it is. And I don't, I don't understand that connection. But then when you hear these stories, you realize like the way bigger picture of it. Way bigger. And I'm going to be honest with you, if you're a chiropractor listening right now and you're nodding your head and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm just going to, I'm going to urge you like start telling people the truth and start telling them it boldly because we need more people talking about the bigger part of chiropractic and, and talking a heck of a lot less about neck pain and back pain. There's nothing wrong with neck pain and back pain, but that's not it. That's not where the magic happens. That's not where the science is. That's not where chiropractic was founded on. That that neck and back pain relief is amazing, 
but changing people's lives and seeing them heal is really what we're passionate about. When we come back in just a minute, we're going to be talking about fixing your brain. So the next step is fixing your brain. We talked about the connection. The reason the connection is so important is because if we're going to fix the brain and fix the gut, first, we want to make sure the two can communicate. We're going to talk about fixing your brain when we come back. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin on Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. We're talking about natural solutions to health without the drugs and surgery. So right now we're going to break down. We're talking about the gut-brain connection. We've already gone through you know, why the gut is so important, how, how it affects health. We talked about things like allergies, asthma, depression, anxiety. If you're getting frequent colds, if you have a child who keeps getting ear infections, tonsillar infections, then you want to look at this gut health, gut brain connection thing because of the influence it has over your immune system and, uh, and over your body. So huge part of your immune system is in the gut, huge part. Um, huge part of your neurotransmitters, two in particular, dopamine and serotonin, um, they're produced in the gut. And so now we're going to talk about getting the brain healthy and then next the gut healthy. We talked about the connection through chiropractic care, how you have to be getting adjusted if you want to keep a, a healthy connection. And I would say if you really want to be healthy, period, then you need to be getting adjusted under chiropractic care to keep that nervous system healthy. Absolutely. So now let's talk about the five steps to fixing your brain. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna fix the connection, we gotta fix the organ controlling everything. So Ash, you've really been working hard on this with our family. Um, you know, that you've been working hard with nutrition, you've been working hard at cleaning up the meals, we've been eating out a lot less. I mean, you literally you guys bring me food to the office all the time. I know that you've had issues with anxiety and things in the past. I know this is really important to you lately, is just really getting your brain and body healthy. So why don't you start talking us through the first five steps to getting your brain healthy? Yeah. And I mean, this first one is the one that hurts the most, I would say. Let's let's go right for the jugular. (laughs) Yeah, we're going right for the jugular. And that is sugar and Oh man, you guys, sugar. Hopefully you didn't just spit out your large um, iced tea uh, from, from McDonald's, your sweetened tea or your, what is that? You can go through and for like a dollar, you can get like a gallon of Diet Coke or something like that, right? So if you're in your car and you just spit it out, keep listening. Keep, keep listening. Yeah. So sugar or foods that turn in. Uh, this one is interesting because, um, you know, I think a lot of times when people start changing their diet and they get healthy, I think in a really basic way, we all innately know that apple good, donut bad, right? Yep. Like, I mean, that's, yep. that's pretty, like, we all get that. Um, but then there, there gets to be some gray area a little bit. And then, and, and you, you hear people say, well, you know, people that are cutting carbs or not eating, you know, like as many grains or, or rice or pastas or things like that. And you're wondering, well, why aren't those people eating those things? Yeah, I think that's a great point. So, so number one, sugar, bad. And I, I think wrapping our heads around how much sugar we actually consume, right? So the average American's eating about a five pound bag of sugar every 10 days. So about a half a pound a day. And they're also consuming about that much also in high fructose corn syrup. So we're getting about a pound a day of sugar, added sugar into our into our diet. If I you mean, think about that. It's out of control. It's literally out of control. Yeah, go pick up a five pound bag of sugar. And dump it on yourself. And then just think about <laughs> eating that over the next five days. And you know, for a fact, you're like, you're, you're, you'd be sick. Your immune system would be destroyed. Like your gut would be a wreck. You're like, but wait your, a second. Mood, are, 
your mood would be terrible. Well, wait a minute. That's exactly what that's we're talking happening. about. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. The, we, all the health problems. It is. It is. I mean, our immune systems are a wreck. Chronically facing the most diseases that we've ever encountered. Yeah, you think if we were consuming that much sugar, that we'd actually see a lot more inflammation and inflammatory diseases, like I don't know, cancer, heart, heart disease, disease, diabetes, obesity, right? Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah, last oh, week. Oh yeah, those are the those are the biggest the, ones. Those are what we're facing. I mean, last week we said diseases. out of thirty-seven industrialized nations, we rank thirty-seventh in health. We're dead last, and why are we there? And it's because of all of these things. So I this mean, doesn't. I, I think one thing we need to address though is this doesn't mean you never get to have anything fun, right? Right. It just means that number one, like you you plan for it. It's a treat. It's not the norm. And then number two, you have to you have to actually start looking. You have to start looking at how much sugar are you consuming because you know added sugar, if you're looking at, at an ingredient and it's in an ingredients that's added to the food, right? Yeah, that means first you have to be looking at the label. Second, how many grams are in there? And our daily intake, I mean, if most people worked at keeping their daily intake of added sugar under a hundred grams, which is a lot, then that would be an excellent start. But if most people could get that even half of that, that they would it would be mind-blowing how much their health was improved. I think people get that though, right? Like I think people get that. Here's the problem. Information doesn't change anything. Practice does. So you have to start working at this. And I would say you start counting it and start paying attention to it. Keep a tally of it. Now you said something else there is you said foods that turn into sugar. Give me some examples. Right. So uh, pasta, bread, a bagel. Um, there's all, you know, there's, there's a rice. There's a lot of different things that once it enters your body, it turns into sugar and your blood seem. In fact, I mean, this is a little bit high level, but for, for those of you guys that are already tracking with us, I'm going to throw one out there that really turned us for a loop um, a few years ago. And that's an overconsumption of protein. Yeah. That actually an overconsumption of anything, but particularly the starchy carbohydrates and then secondary to that could be too much protein, your body will actually break it down if it can't use it and turn it into sugar through a process called gluconeogenesis. So that sounds fancy. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a big word. <laughs> Gluconeogenesis. <laughs> I so, love it. I so love here, it. here's the big takeaway from this is start looking at your carbohydrate intake and your sugar intake. What's number two on the list? Okay. So we're going to get rid of the inflammatory fats and we're going to start consuming good fats. So what wait, is... wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. I thought we were supposed to not eat fat. Low, low, oh, we're supposed yeah, to be yeah. eating low fat, yeah. right? In the, in the 80s, we all learned that fat makes you fat. We also learned that in the 90s. But... Oh, what's interesting, though, is we are the only country in the world that has two different, or that doesn't have two different words for fat. If we were to properly do this, we would call one dietary fat and the other one body fat. And here's the crazy part. They almost virtually have nothing to do with one another. That's incredible. I mean, it's... That every other every other language, they're both not actually the same word. Body fat is called one thing and has one word, and then dietary fat is a totally different thing, so that they're completely unrelated in people's mindsets. And that's why every other culture is thinner than us in the United States, because they have a different relationship with dietary fat, meaning fats coming from food, and they understand that fat doesn't make you fat. In fact, Mark Hyman in his book said... Eat fat, get thin. Thin. It's a great book. Yeah, I would recommend. In fact, my favorite book is Align Your Health. That's why we named the show what we did. But Align Your Health by um, Dr. BJ BJ Hardick. And the foreword of that book is actually written by Mark Hyman, who wrote Eat Fat, Get Thin. Two amazing books if you don't understand this concept. So if eating fat doesn't make you fat, what does make you fat? 
Sugar. Oh, back to sugar again. Back to sugar. Too much sugar and too many <laughs> carbohydrates. But what does eating too many bad fats do? It causes an inflammatory response, particularly in the brain and then in the cardiovascular system. So it, can, it creates an inflammatory response and it creates oxidation. And so eating cholesterol actually doesn't cause heart disease. Eating saturated fats actually doesn't cause heart disease. Eating too much sugar and eating too many bad fats causes inflammation, which then in turn oxidizes all the good fat that's going through your uh, bloodstream. So it's not the fat in the first place. It's the bad fats and the sugar that cause the inflammatory response. So, so one of the what's best. A, what's a bad fat? What's oh, that's a, bad a fat? yeah. Great question. That's a great question. So here's how tricky this is. So first of all, big, big fancy word, hydrogenated or worse, partially hydrogenated. If you see those words on a package, first of all, if you're eating food out of a package, in most cases, don't. Like throw it in the garbage. In most cases, packaged foods, why? They're packaged and they're designed to like a Twinkie, right? I think they made one batch of Twinkies like ages ago and they're just, they still are, <laughs> exist. You know, they, they probably unpackage them and repackage them with new marketing, but I don't know that there's actually a Twinkie factory anywhere anymore. Obviously, we're being ludicrous and joking around about that, but but those type of foods, crackers, cookies, packaged foods, snack foods are notorious. And now, unfortunately, the healthy foods, the lean cuisines and the, I don't know, hungry man dinners and the what whatever the TV dinners are, all those things are chock full of hydrogenated oils. What are these oils? They're mainly soybean oil. They're mainly vegetable oil. They're mainly a canola oil. We call them vegetable oils, but the funny thing is none of them are actually made from vegetables. They're made from grains like corn. They're made from legumes like soy, and they're made from seeds like rapeseed oil, which is called canola oil. Canola stands for Canadian oil, low acid. It's actually the name of the company who originally came up with a patent. So stay away from typical vegetable oils. And what kind of oils do you want to cook with? What do you want to use? You actually want to use? Um, avocado oil is the best oil that you can cook with. Um, you want to eat olive oil. You want to eat avocados. You butter. Eat butter. Right. Like going back fed. to the way things, the way the way it got intended to be used. You know, it's actually really hard to get oil from corn. It, go, it has to go through a extreme refining process and same thing with a lot of these but the but the oils on the other side they're cheap because corn's a commodity product right it's a bumper crop same thing with soy same thing with um with uh you know uh, most of these other oils that they're they're making but here's the thing is they're cheap to make and you can use them in abundance and they work really well for packaging this food over long term because they get harder at certain temperatures and stuff like that. We want oils that are going to be very healthy. They're going to break down and get soft. You know, so think about butter. Think about think about uh, coconut oil. You want these to get soft at certain temperatures because you want them to be easily assimilated within the body. So that's a big one: is swapping out the bad fats for the good fats. If you're using um, what's the, what's the thing? What's the butter substitute that everyone uses? Oh, like a margarine. Margarine. A, margarine. Yeah, yeah. Something. Sorry. If you're using like margarine, Gross. if you're using cooking sprays, like get rid of them. If you're eating lots of packaged foods, start looking at the ingredients. If you see partially hydrogenated, stop eating it. And you got to start swapping out those good fats for bad fats. Absolutely. And that, that moves us right into our third step on this. And that's more fresh food intake. You really want to look at your, um, I call it the 
pantry to refrigerator ratio that we have these gigantic pantries and then we have like fridges. I mean, we really should have it really should be if if your food doesn't die in seven days, like it, if it can't wilt and be gone, absolutely. then like that's the stuff you need to be eating. Absolutely. You, if you want to be living, you got to eat more living food. If you want to be dying and developing disease, you eat more food that's not alive. Eat more packaged food. It's that simple. So eating more greens, huge, right? Huge. What's the next one? Um, so hydration with water. So water, hydration. Um, basically a dehydrated body is an inflamed body. So if your brain isn't getting the water in, if you're not getting water intake, your brain's not getting water. You know, you're, we said your brain weighs eight to 10 pounds. Actually, it probably only weighs two pounds and the rest of it's mostly water. It's like, it's saturated in water and it's like, it's like a sponge for the stuff. So a dehydrated brain is an inflamed brain An inflamed brain is going to produce bad health because your brain's controlling everything. And what's the last thing we talked about going over? Sleep and meditation. And this is my favorite topic, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley requires a hard like 12 hours a night, no compromise. <laughs> In fact, when we got our sleep number bed, you, I can tell this, can I tell the story? Yes, you When we can. got our sleep number bed, um, the new one is so like intelligent that it will ask you like how many hours of sleep you want to get a night or whatever. And then it'll adjust the um the amount of air in the bed right. and keep tweaking it until you're basically sleeping that amount of sleep uninterrupted and so I'm like how many hours of sleep do you want to you remember what your answer was I told I said you asked and I answered and it's 12 how many hours of sleep per night do you, <laughs> do you want, want ideally to get I want to get 12 hours of sleep so there I, we always joke around because Ashley uh read one time that Einstein required 12 hours of sleep a night <laughs> And then she apparently puts herself on the level with Einstein. But the reality is if your brain needs to be healing or if you're a high functioning individual like Ashley is (laughs) or Einstein, or if you've dealt with things like you've dealt with in the past with anxiety, sure, then you know that your brain needs to be healing and there's no better state for healing for the brain than shutting down all the activity, all the thought process, all the emotions, all that stuff and letting your brain go back to a, a healing meditative parasympathetic nervous system state. Absolutely. We're going to go through how to get your gut healthy, tell another chiropractic story and talk about how you can get in touch with us. If you're looking for solutions to gut brain health problems, when we come back to align your health on 55 KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin and my wife, Ashley Berlin, and this is Align Your Health, the show where we talk about real solutions to health problems without drugs and surgery. We're going through the brain-gut balance and how important this is for our health. Ashley, I think um, now that we're, we've gone through addressing the connection, you know, chiropractically, making sure your brain is actually able to communicate with your gut. I mean, that's that's foundational. That's big. Yeah, that's a huge one. Hopefully, that was a huge eye-opener for a lot of you guys. That I mean, Honestly, that's the starting place. I want to say that, like, oh, all right. So uh, as far as a time and a finances and all that, then start with getting better sleep. Start with eating more vegetables. Start with drinking more water. But if you're, if you're really looking to do something to try to get to the root cause of the problem, the first thing you should really be investing in is getting that brain body connection fixed and getting in and getting good corrective chiropractic care. But then we talked about fixing your brain. We talked about like the five major areas to be addressing. So just to summarize, they were 
cutting out sugar and foods that turn into sugar, cutting out bad fats, replacing them with good fats. They were consuming more vegetables, consuming more water, and then getting adequate sleep. So uh, ideally adequate sleep, eight hours a night, you know, get the room pitch black, get a noisemaker, stop using uh, screens and monitors a good hour before bedtime. Those are all the key things that we try to do in our house, but sleep's so critical. So now let's move on to the gut and let's talk about how to get our gut healthy. Um, I think the big things are, let's find out what the big issues are, what destroys our guts. What are the big players in, in, the, in the game that's actually created the damage in our gut? Right. So, um, I mean, the biggest one is the poor nutritional status. We got vitamin deficiencies, high carb, low fat diets, and then we also have small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Um, it's a big problem. And then, and then moving on, we have inadequate sleep, poor oxygenation, and that's a lack of exercise, generally speaking. Yeah, let's go back to that overgrowth one for a second. So what, what actually happens, just so you know, is that when digestive motility gets worse, so you're not moving food through your digestive system, we gave the John Wayne example, you know, and you're actually getting backed up, you're only having one bowel movement a day, eating three, you know, meals a day, the bacteria from your large intestine actually start making their way upwards into your small intestine. And that's when you start having some really bad gut dysfunction. You have the back, the bad bacteria, the ones that are building up, not the good stuff, not the probiotics, but the bad bacteria start backing up into the upper part of the GI tract. Yeah, that doesn't sound good at all. No, it isn't. <laughs> so that's what that means when we talk about overgrowth. Now, the biggest part of this, you know, when, when we talk about what, like, why that's so bad is let's go back again. We talked about the neurotransmitters in the gut and how your gut health can affect your mood. But I think one thing that most people don't realize is that about 80% of their entire immune system actually exists in the gut. All the good bacteria, 80% of their entire immune system exists in the gut. And so certain foods can destroy that and disrupt it. And if you've ever been on an antibiotic, chances are you wiped out most of those bacteria. Right. And it can take sometimes years and years and years to repopulate that bacteria. Right. Absolutely. Um, if you've been on an antibiotic this year, if you've been on an antibiotic in the last couple months with this crazy stuff that went around this year because of our weather being crazy, yeah, then you seriously need to t think about getting your gut healthy and follow all the stuff we talked about from chiropractic all the way down because you have to get that good bacteria back because your immune system depends on it. And your chances of fighting off things in the future, cancer and stuff like that, is dependent upon you having a healthy immune system. So what are some of the main foods that help to restore the good bacteria back into the gut? Oh, so we're going with um, our one of our favorites in our house is uh, fermented foods. So you want to repopulate bacteria in your gut. We're looking at um, the fermentation process. It's a lactic acid producing bacteria, and it's common in probiotic supplements. Um, and it's also why traditional fermented foods are known as probiotic foods, because those fermented foods um, have those inside of them. And then when you eat them, you're having a repopulation of bacteria in your gut. Yeah, I would highly, highly recommend taking a good probiotic. But if you really want to get practical and if you're trying to especially you know, keep things cost effective eating foods like Ashley was talking about. So what would they be? What are some of them? Oh, uh, kimchi, uh, sauerkraut, um, anything that's, 
I want to say pickled, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically so. anything that's fermented, pickled, fermented, pickled vegetables. Another really good one, one of our favorites in our house is actually a drink. There are several of them out there. Oh, yeah. You know, there's several different probiotic drinks, but the number one best tasting probiotic drink by far is kombucha, which is a tea. Kombucha, it's a fermented tea. Some of these actually taste amazing. We have some amazing brands right here. There's one out of Dayton. There's one out of Cincinnati. They're incredible. Oh, tell, tell us about some of those because I love I love being able to find yeah, some of so like, the local Dayton, brand. Out of Dayton, one of our favorite local brands is a, a, a kombucha called um, Fab Ferments. And you can get this on draft at places like Whole Foods and stuff like that. But Fab Ferments. Another one on my personal favorite is one called Skinny Piggy. And uh, it's a fermented probiotic tea. And so what they do is they make a tea first. They have it, you know, they have awesome flavors like lavender and they have one that tastes like a mojito. And um, they actually put a bunch of sugar in it, but then the bacteria that they use, it's a healthy bacteria, actually is basically ingesting that sugar that's in there. So there's no residual sugar when they bottle this stuff, but it's got tons and tons and tons of good probiotic bacteria. And that and Skinny Piggy, they're local here, right? They're, yep, they're, they're local in the Cincinnati area. We love them. Love and uh, I would really encourage you guys. There's other brands. There's national brands. One called Synergy. We love Synergy is a great brand. Health Aid's a great brand. But this is one of our favorite foods. In fact, we're putting in a uh, we're putting in a kegerator in our house. Um, not that not we don't, en- not that we don't enjoy a cold draft every now and then, but we do uh, very frequently drink um, kombucha and our kids drink a lot. So we're actually going to um, put in a kegerator with you guys kombucha were, in it. We're a ton of fun. Yeah. Come on over. A kegerator of kombucha. And then, um, and then the other one, I think the other big immune disruptor and gut disruptor is we already talked about it. We talked about grains and starches and carbohydrates, but specifically what ingredient in, in, in there are people becoming concerned about? It starts with a G. Everyone's intolerant. We're all gluten intolerant. Seems like you can't like you can't even like get into a circle talking to someone about health without that getting thrown out. You know, someone's gluten free or it's very trendy right now. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm going to totally break this one down. I'm going to disrupt it and ruin it for everyone who thinks they're gluten intolerant. The newest stuff is saying you're not gluten intolerant. That it's not actually gluten. That that the foods that include gluten are part of the problem. But it's actually GMOs and largely pesticides that are actually being now genetically modified into these foods. Do you guys know that grain and wheat, if you go back to 1996, was only 6% of the market share was GMO? And now we're finding out that nowadays, 96% of the grains and, and, and wheat is GMO and genetically modified. And Monsanto has figured out ways to now genetically modify the pesticides into the seed rather than spraying it on the seed. So we're all being affected by pesticides, specifically one called glyphosate that destroys the gut, allowing things like bad bacteria, fecal matter, stuff like that to actually penetrate the gut line and make its way into your blood. This is where a lot of the autoimmune disorders are coming from. So when did we start hearing about gluten intolerance? Go back to 1996. You never heard about it. It's becoming more and more prevalent. And then the name Monsanto has become so... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like so, so uh, associated with like evil that they've actually Bayer just bought them and they're dropping the Monsanto name and the company now will be known as Bayer. 
And so you just have to really be careful about this because, um, you know, they're, they're, they're literally playing the, like the shell game where you're hiding under and kind of moving things around so that we can't recognize anymore. So, you know, what do we do? How do we clean up the gut? We remove the gluten. We remove foods that um, contain gluten and contain the genetically modified grains. We start putting back in the really good probiotic rich foods and then getting back to restoring that that connection again, right? Getting the brain healthy and then restoring that connection. Here's the thing. I want to tell a quick story. We do this so often with people. We have people who are gluten intolerant come into our office or dairy intolerant for some of the same reasons because of all the antibiotics and stuff in the dairy. And they've never been able to consume dairy. They've been off of it, right? We get them under chiropractic care. I actually had a girl who worked for me, extremely gluten intolerant, extremely dairy intolerant. We start adjusting her, getting her nervous system healthy. We find out she's got terrible, terrible, terrible subluxations in her spine that are creating degeneration, you know, that, that there's damage and stress on her nervous system. We do an EMG scan on her. We find out how stressed the nervous system is. We can see exactly where the problems are. We take an x-ray. The x-ray shows exactly where the stress is on our nervous system. We get her under corrective chiropractic care. We're adjusting her several times a week for several weeks on end, and we see her nervous system start getting healthier, but we see it. Why? Because her digestion started improving. Once her gut started improving, her skin started improving. That's incredible. And we just started seeing all these amazing changes happening. And this was one of my, this is actually one of my office staff. So it was really powerful. In fact, do you remember how much weight she lost? I, I, I think that she was around 20 pounds, maybe. 20 pounds almost immediately. And then over the course of the, and that's just with chiropractic care and starting to see some changes there. And then over the course of her entire, um, over her entire transition, she ended up losing over a hundred pounds of body fat. That's incredible. Over a hundred pounds of body fat. And it started with getting that nervous system healthy. So, you know, no doubt that all the stuff we talked about today and the probiotics and the, you know, in the uh, good nutrients and good fats, replace them with bad fats, and that gut health connection is huge. But I just can't emphasize enough how big that brain health connection is. So what would you recommend someone do if they want to get in touch with us? What's the first steps? What's that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our office number is 513-755-3583. Where can they find us on the web? And then, yeah, you can find us online at www. Align Health Center, A-L-I-G-N, healthcenter.com. What do you have to say to everyone before we leave? You know, I get, if anything, whatever you heard today, get out there and just take action, massive action on the things that we talked about. Take massive action. You heard it from Ashley. We'll see you guys next week. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin and Ashley Berlin on Align Your Health on 55KRC. The talk station.